verse number 102. In the previous verses we learned that the Ahlul Kitab, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent a book to them, and this book is the Qur'an, coming with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and these people, they recognized the book of Allah, but because they did not like the Prophet, how did they deal with the book? They pretended like it did not exist. The expression is that they threw it behind their backs. And it doesn't mean that physically they threw the book behind their backs. What is meant is that they completely ignored it. They were very arrogant towards it. You know, for example, if somebody gives you something, here, take a look at it. And you're like, nah, I don't want it. Right? One is that you put it down in front of you. But the other is that you toss it behind your back. What does that show? It shows pride. It shows absolute rejection. And it also shows that a person has no interest in it whatsoever. Because you can reject something by putting it down in front of you. But when you throw it behind your back, what does it mean? You don't want to see it again. So this is how they dealt with the book of Allah, with the Qur'an. And it is not the first time that they did this with the book of Allah, even before when the prophets reminded them of what the scripture said, what was their attitude towards it. They rejected. In fact, they opposed the prophets and they even killed some of the prophets. So now the thing is that when you leave something, when you leave something, now you have you know, space in your life. Like for example, these days you have school every day, except for the weekend, except for those of you who are homeschooling. So what will happen in a couple of weeks? What will happen? You will have no school. So the first few days, yes, you will enjoy yourself. You will enjoy that freedom. But then what's going to happen? Are you going to get bored? Yeah? Does it ever happen with you that you get into fights with your brothers and sisters during the summer? It's like they just seem so much more annoying then. You know why? Because they're in your face all the time. So the thing is that when you are occupied with something, when you have something in your life, you're busy with it. Once you leave it, now you've got space. Once you've got space, you're going to fill it with something. This is why they say that an idle mind is whose workshop? The devil's workshop. You guys don't know this expression. It's an old expression. What it means is that if you are not keeping yourself busy with something good, then you're going to end up doing something naughty or something bad or something that's going to get you into trouble. Does it ever happen with you? So, what happened with the Bani Israel when they left the book of Allah, of course, they were going to get their hands dirty with what? With something not so good. And that is what is mentioned in the next verse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَاتَّبَعُوا مَا تَتْلُوا الشَّيَاطِينُ عَلَى مُلْكِ سُلَيْمَانِ when they left the book of Allah, they started following something else. وَاتَّبَعُوا And they followed. اِتَّبَعُوا is from the root letter Alright, And اِتِّبَعُ is to follow something very closely. We have been told to follow the Prophet ﷺ, do his اِتِّبَعُ Which is why when we follow the Prophet ﷺ, we don't just follow him in the sense that he prayed, so we pray. We follow him such that if he taught us to drink water in three sips, how do we drink the water? In three sips. If he taught us to eat with the right hand, even if we're generally left-handed, what are we going to do? 
switch to the right hand when we're eating. So this is ittibar, to closely follow. So, وَاتَّبَعُوا And they followed, مَا that which تَتْلُ shayateen. The shayateen would recite. A shayateen is a plural of shaytan. And the word tatlu is from the root letters ta, lam, waw. And tala yatlu, it means to read, to recite, tilawa. Like we do tilawa of the Quran. So ma tatlu shayateen, what the shayateen would recite. Meaning, they began following the teachings of who? Of the devils. When they left the book of Allah, then they followed the devil. When they ignored the Prophet of Allah, they obeyed who? The shaytan. So, ما تَتْلُ الشَّيَاطِينَ عَلَى مُلْكِ Sulaiman In the kingdom of Sulaiman. Sulaiman, this is Prophet Sulaiman alayhi salam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا كَفَرَ Sulaiman, Prophet Sulaiman did not commit disbelief. Kafara to disbelieve. He did not commit disbelief. وَلَكِنَّ shayatina kafaru. But it was actually the shayateen, the devils, who committed disbelief. Now, what is meant by this? When you think of Prophet Sulaiman salam, what comes to your mind? His powers, like for example, what powers did he have? Okay, he could understand the language of the birds. What else? He could control the jinn. Alright, what else? He controlled the wind. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him very unusual powers. Now the thing is, that when you see somebody doing something amazing, you're curious, how did they do this? Like for example, if somebody finds out, well, this guy is making so much money, you're curious, how? What does he do? You want to know what he's doing, so you can have the same money. So now what happened, that people at that time, they started thinking that Sulaiman salam has all these powers. Why? Because of magic. He's a magician. He performs magic. This is why he has all these abilities. So they said, you know what? We will also learn magic and we will do what Sulaiman salam does. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala defends Sulaiman salam over here that ma kafaru Sulaiman. Prophet Sulaiman did not commit disbelief. What is this disbelief? Magic. Performing magic. Because remember, magic is kufr. Magic is what? It is kufr. You know why magic is disbelief? And I'm not talking about the innocent magic tricks where you take a bunch of cards and you you know, show to somebody that you can see them even though you're not facing them. That's just a trick. Real magic is something evil. And when a person is performing magic, it means that they are denying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know why? Because magic can only be done by seeking the help of the jinn. Okay? Magic can only be done by seeking the help of who? Of the jinn. Now the thing is, if you want to use, let's say, a dog for something, let's say a guard dog, you train it, you put it on a leash, through training and practice, you teach the dog like what the boundaries are, etc., etc., so the dog learns its job. You can see the dog, you can control it. But when it comes to a jinn, can you see a jinn? Can you control a jinn, like physically overpower him? You cannot. 
So then how do you get a jinn to help you? How? You can only do that if you make the jinn happy. Now how do you make the jinn happy? By doing what he wants you to do. And sometimes, actually majority of the times, what the jinn dictate is things that are very evil. Very evil. Because shaitan in his nature is evil. He does not like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he wants you to show disrespect to Allah. He wants you to show disrespect to the book of Allah. Which is why sometimes magicians, like people who perform real magic, what they will do is that they will stay away from people. They will not touch water for like two months. They surround themselves with all sorts of filth. It's horrendous. It's horrible. It's ugly. And then sometimes they slaughter an animal and smear the place with... It's all gruesome, like it's horrible. All right? And this is real stuff, they do it. So when they do this kind of stuff, who becomes happy with them? The shaitan. But in making the shaitan happy, what has this person done? He has disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Making the shaitan happy is not like making your brother happy. Making your brother happy is like what? Buying him a gift. Giving him your cheesecake. Making him happy is like allowing him to borrow something of yours. Making a shaitan happy means that you have to do something horrible. Something nasty. Something filthy. So, this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا كَفَرُ Sulaiman, Prophet Sulaiman did not commit kufr. He never committed magic. Then who was committing magic? It was وَلَكِنَّ الشَّيَاطِينَ كَفَرُوا It was the devils who were performing magic. And these devils, what did they do? يُعَلِّمُونَ النَّاسَ السِّحْرِ يُعَلِّمُونَ They would teach. عَلَّمَ يُعَلِّمُونَ This is from the root letters عَيْن لَامْ مِيم Ilm is knowledge. And ta'lim is to give knowledge, to teach. So these devils would teach النَّاسَ people السِّحْر magic. So, the devils would teach magic. On the other hand, there is also the book of Allah. But what is it that the Bani Israel turned towards? The book of Allah? No, the book of Allah they threw behind their backs. What did they follow instead? What tabaru? Instead what? What the jinn, what the shayateen would offer. You know, we all face problems in our lives. Every person faces some kind of difficulty. Some people, they face big challenges in their lives. Other people, they face smaller ones. Now, what happens is that as human beings, we need comfort. Because many problems in our lives, they're unsolvable. You know that? There are some problems in our lives which are solvable. You can fix them. Like for example, you're not getting good grades, so study hard. You can fix it. But then there are other problems which are unsolvable. Like for example, if a person has a learning disability, how do they fix that and get good grades in the same year that their friends are getting them? It's not going to be possible. You understand? You have anger problems, you go for therapy, you fix that to some extent. This is a solvable issue. But then if somebody else in your family has anger issues and you tell them they need to go for therapy and whatnot, they need to seek help and they refuse, can you solve that problem? You cannot solve it. So, some problems are not solvable. But what you need as a human being is something that will comfort you. Something that will give you 
a pat on the back and tell you, you can do this. You won't die. You can deal with this. Allah will give you something better. Something to give you hope. So now, when you're in difficulty, what is it that we should turn towards? The book of Allah. The Qur'an. Because what is the Qur'an? It is a healing. It is a mercy. The Qur'an also gives us instruction as to how we can solve our solvable problems. But what happens is that many people, what do they want? A quick fix. They want a quick fix. So when you tell them that, okay, make dua, this is what the Qur'an says, they say, no, no, I want something else. I want something quick. Something that will definitely solve the problem. So what happens? Somebody tells them, well, you know what, you could go to this person and then they can do this and this for you. And basically they're told to turn towards magic. And what will they do? They will actually go for it. They will go for it. You know, an individual once asked me that a certain person in their family was getting in trouble with the law over and over again. This is here in Canada. So somebody in their family was ending up in jail like every few months, committing serious crimes. So this individual wanted to stop them. So they said, somebody advised them, get magic done on this person so that they just stay at home. Can you imagine? They said, get magic done so that they stay at home. They don't leave the house because when they will leave the house, they will get in trouble with the law, they'll end up in jail. You see how shaitan misguides us? That instead of turning to the Qur'an, instead of turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us deal with these problems, what is shaitan telling us? Turn towards who? Shaitan. Turn towards magic. So, majority of the people when they're going through some trouble, they want a quick fix. And many things in our lives, they are such that you cannot fix them Immediately. You cannot fix them. You know, some treatments for physical problems, they take years. Just the other day somebody was telling me that for a certain condition that they have, if they go for treatment, it's going to take four years. Can you imagine? Four years? I mean, you've got to be really patient to take that treatment. So, Bani Israel, what did they do? They chose magic. So, the devils, يُعَلِّمُونَ النَّاسَ السِّحْرِ they would teach people magic. And the Bani Israel learned it from them. Now before we continue, look at this word sihr. Sihr means magic. And it's from the root letter, sin hara. And the word sihr, what does it mean? It basically means to deceive. Also, can you think of a word from the same root, sin hara? What are you eating these days, hopefully, before morning? Suhoor. Right? It's from the same root. You see, sahar is the time before dawn. And it's dark at that time. So when there is darkness, you can get tricked very easily. When there is darkness, you think that, okay, there is a person standing here, but then as you go close, it's not a person, it's a pole. You think that this individual is your dad. I mean, we hardly see such darkness. But if you were in darkness, you would get tricked very easily. So this is the literal meaning of the word sihr. Now sihr is magic. And why magic is called sihr is because it is a trick in the sense that 
you see something happening, but you don't know why and how it's happening. You see something happening, but you don't know why or how it's happening. So basically, sihr is the effect whose cause is unknown. Like for example, you see a hat, and from the hat, what's coming out? A bunny, and then another bunny, and then a pigeon, and then another pigeon, and a dove, and you know, like five, six creatures are coming out, and you're like, how? I mean, the size of the hat is not that big. You understand? And the hat is not connected to anything. It's mid-air. So how exactly is this happening? Because according to the laws of physics that we know, this cannot happen. Right? There is limited amount of physical space in the hat, and all of these animals cannot possibly fit inside. So how exactly is this happening? You cannot figure out. The laws of physics cannot explain it. Or the laws at least that we know of cannot explain it. So this is sihr, magic. Now remember that real magic is something that we have to stay away from completely. When it comes to tricks, please don't get too serious about it. It's just a trick. Some people say, well, tricks, you know, it's their magic tricks. So magic is haram. And then, you know, don't even read Harry Potter and, you know, things like that. I mean, yes, Harry Potter, it's all what? It's fiction. You know that it's fiction. I mean, if you start believing in it, I mean, there's another problem there. That's a different issue. Because it's supposed to be fiction. So, real magic, stay away from. This is not something that we want to deal with. Because it's ugly, it's nasty, it pleases shaitan, and so we stay away from it. When it comes to tricks, it's okay. The question is that, is it true if you do magic, you can get possessed? It's not necessary, but... I mean, shaitan has a hold over this person. You're dealing with the devils. And if you're dealing with the devils, God save you. Okay, so what happened? يُعَلِّمُونَ النَّاسَ sihr. The shayateen would teach people magic. وَمَا أُنزِلَ And what was sent down عَلَى الْمَلَكَيْنِ Upon two angels. Malakain is the dual of the word malak. Malak is angel, malakain, two angels. Where were these angels? Bibabil. In Babel. What is Babel? Babylon. The city in Iraq. It's an ancient, ancient city. And who are these two angels? Harut and Marut. These are the names of the two angels. Harut and Marut. Now what's happening over here? The shayateen are teaching people two things. What are they teaching people? Firstly, sihr. And secondly, that which was given to the two angels in Babylon, Harut and Marut. Now the question is, what is it that these two angels were given? What is it that these two angels were given, Harut and Marut? And why were they given that? Firstly, what the angels were given was a much powerful form of magic. Now you might wonder, magic is something evil. What's happening here? Why is magic given to the angels? And then angels taught that to the people. Like why? What's going on? Magic is supposed to be evil. Remember that this was a test for the Bani Israel. This was a test for the Bani Israel. Whenever you know that something is wrong, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it clear to you that this is something wrong. You have to stay away from it. What will happen is that you will be tested. How? 
that that wrong thing is going to come before you. You will have the opportunity to take it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will test you over there that what do you choose? Do you remember the rules? Or do you fall for it? You know, for example, the Prophet ﷺ and his companions, when they were going for Umrah, they had their ihram on. And you know, when you have your ihram on, one of the things you cannot do is hunt. You cannot hunt animals. So what happened? They're traveling. And you know what happened in the journey? There were like birds that they could catch within their arm's reach. I mean, they wouldn't have to shoot it with something. All they had to do was just grab it with their hands. They could do that so easily. They had some other animals whom they could hunt very easily right in front of them. Why? This was a test. This was a test. So you know, for example, when you are fasting, then what happens? What happens? Do you see the ice cream truck as well? I mean, the ice cream truck that never came your side of the town is now going around your streets and you can hear the ice cream truck. And then what happens? When you go check the mail, it's like one coupon after the other for like all your favorite places. You go to school and your friends are eating like, you know, the best food in the world. And then people who never offer you anything are now offering you stuff. Everywhere you look, you see Tim Hortons. Everywhere you look, you see ice caps. So this is what? An extra test for you. That are you going to stay true to your fast or are you going to give up? You understand? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to further test the Bani Israel, He sent two angels, Harut and Marut. And these two angels, they also had the knowledge of magic, as in how to perform magic. So what happened? These two angels, they would, وَمَا يُعَلِّمَانِ They would not teach مِنْ أَحَدٍ anybody حَتَّى يَقُولَ Until these angels would say that إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ فِتْنَةٌ فَلَا تَكْفُرُ We are a test, so do not disbelieve. The angels would warn the people. We are a fitna. What is a fitna? A test, temptation. So the angels would warn the people that this is a test. Are you sure you want to learn? لا تكفر Don't disbelieve in your Lord. Don't commit this grave sin. But what would the people do? فَيَتَعَلَّمُونَ But they would learn. يَتَعَلَّمُونَ They would learn. مِنْهُمَا From the two angels, what would they learn? Magic. If you think about it, the angels, they had two things to offer. On the one hand, Magic, which was sent as a test. And on the other hand, the law of Allah. But these people, when they would go, what would they learn from them? Magic. That is what they chose. 